everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back, guys. And we are today talking about death again, but this time with the actual process or happening of yes. dying, death. Because when we have Fika, we talk about everything, even death. Yeah, death. Um, yeah, so... Last time I mentioned that my mother-in-law, she's a district nurse, so she's meeting a lot of dying people, and mm. she's even like taking care of the body, you know. Yeah. And I didn't know the practicalities of that before, but apparently, so she'll she'll check in at people <coughs> and she'll like, okay, this person might be dying or so on, and they're sticking around, and and then when the person actually dies, so it's yeah. her or her colleagues who call it like. Okay, time of death, like you know in the movie. Really? This is this time. Yeah, she's wow. writing down what, what time the person actually died. So she's like there, like when, when people they breathing in their last yeah. breath, yeah. she's there when the soul leaves the body. Yeah. Wow. So they die, and then she maybe, if the family's not there or in another room, she mm. calls the family in, like he passed, and then they cry or whatever. And then she's actually asking the family members, like, would you mm. like to help with preparing him or her or would you not and then usually she asks them to at least pick out some clothes Mm. Um, and then she's like washing that person and so on and dressing and um yeah so that's that's i think is when you die in your home Hmm. wow when i when i was studying theology one of the classes when we talked about death because we have to prepare for funerals yeah and so we had to actually go to a dressing. So we actually went to the funeral home. Yeah. And there was a dead body. And the funeral director showed us exactly how they dressed the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here in Sweden, you know, everyone gets dressed with a white, at least men, they get dressed with a white shirt on or whatever. And it's specially made. So it's made that it can slip over the body regardless the of how stiff body. it is. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was really cool to see. It was like, some people were like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what? Like, you're going to die, too. And it was like, you're so morbid, Ed. It's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> morbid, that is quite yeah. morbid, yes. I'm like, yes, I am morbid. Stand at your funeral. I'm going to dress you, no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it was really interesting to see. Mm. And to just see with what what care and respect of the deceased. Yeah. That was, like, it wasn't, like, I felt like I want this guy to dress me. And I don't really want men touching me, touching my body, <laughs> You know, I went so to it has a lot of dignity. Went, went, went to Hamam, the guy scrubbing me. I was like, oh, that doesn't. Uh, no. But but this person had such true, like, really respect for human life mm-hmm. that even the the even though the dead person isn't like the live person, but still there's respect for the life that that was lived. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool to see. So that was um, that, and and that, and I think that Sweden is really different. From America, in, in, in a lot of different kinds of ways like that. So in America, when a person dies, um, you know, the funeral homes, they contact you right away. It's big business. It's big business here in Sweden, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you, if you're looking for a job, become a funeral director because it's really big business. Did you know that in Germany, I lived above a funeral home? Really? Yes. Is that where you met your first boyfriend? No. <laughs> no, but my mom was always so scared because she said, oh, they keep dead bodies in there. And I'm like... Yeah, but they don't get up and walk in. No, Okay, people, but there are no zombies. It's not, you know, like... Okay, in thing. Jamaica, there's zombies, but it's because they're giving a drug. 
So you know, but dead bodies don't climb back out of the grave. Okay. Yeah, but I, I was I was never scared of them in that sense. So and the people who worked there, they were really nice guys. Yeah, I'm and sure but, they were because they were waiting for you. <laughs> no, but they were really nice, and I mean their their funeral cars, like yeah. the special cars, they parked there in the parking lot, and I walked past them every day. And it wasn't really scary. And sometimes yeah. they had casket in it. They had flower arrangements and stuff. And wow. So, I don't know. I, I got really used to the, the funeral thing from yeah. from the viewpoint of funeral home. Mm. Yeah. Which is strange because not everyone lives above a funeral home. That is that is a pretty unique experience right there. I don't <laughs> I don't know if, if, if you had dated anyone. If that, if that would be, so, Lynn, what do you do in your spare time? Well, you know, since I live above a funeral home. Uh, <laughs> I check the people out. <laughs> you know, I usually go in and hang out in the casket, sit, you know, sit in the back of the hurts for a while, you know. It's kind of cool. But I never saw a dead body, though. No? Okay. So, obviously, in Germany, I think yeah. they have, most of the time, the, the casket Is closed. Is it closed? Okay. Or at yeah, least when they leave the funeral home. Really? I haven't gone to yeah, the funeral home that much, so I don't know. Yeah, most people leave funeral homes with open caskets. It's kind of no, weird. No, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, you, you talked about it's big business in the yeah, so that Yeah, so that's one of the things is that because... Because you have to bury the body, hmm. so in, somehow in, in the Western culture you have to you have to deal with the body. So you can't just leave it hanging out in the background, you know, like in the, in the backyard and just hoping it would just kind of rot away. Wow, well, that doesn't. That's happen. not really dignified. Yeah, but but in my so I'm part Native American Indian, and some of the Native American Indian cultures, um, the burial procedure was that when the person died. They were put upon an elevated rack and then allowed to naturally deteriorate that way. Oh wow! Um, the in, smell in ancient. Well, I mean, they, the burial places are far away from where people oh, okay. live. So, okay. so but in, in an ancient Jewish custom, so at the time of Jesus, uh, the person would uh, be put into a, a tomb in the mm. ground, and then a year later they come back and then you'd wash the bones, and the bones are then placed in an ossuary. So an ossuary is like a a mini stone casket mm-hmm. where you take all the bones apart you wash them and you put them in and then that's their final bit resting place is actually in the ossuary oh that's like in vietnam but it's more disgusting because they're there yeah, but the bones are black in vietnam what do you mean black yeah it's something that i think it's something about the soil or something that it makes the bones turn black or something and well, they're I, polished and shiny i don't know i haven't i haven't i still i saw it on the documentary really i, I haven't seen I that weird. but <laughs> But I know that all my dead relatives, that's what they do. So my grandma died last year. And I think Mm. in a couple of years, they're going to dig her out again. Right. um, And collect all the all the bones and wash them and then put them in the family grave, which I also saw. But I think it's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of interesting, though, because it's, I mean, you definitely can't be that grossed out by death. You're going to I dig mean, the if, body back up. Yeah, if you, know? you if you grew up with it. Because yeah. my mom said that, for example, one time she saw that some aunt or whatever, uh. they buried in a bad place, which means a bad place. Yeah. It was probably no Ooh. oxygen or anything. Oh, so wow. when it dig out again... She's still there. She's still there. And they're Ooh. like, mm, we got to move this one. Uh, oh, wow. So it's like, yeah. wow. I don't know, but it's, it's not really hygienic because all the pathogens and stuff, it's, yeah. it's not... It's uh, not a, I don't know. It's not a mm. modern practice. Well, I mean, look. I mean, but this is the whole thing that all ancient cultures were fascinated by death and had mm. death rituals. So, whether you mummified people, yeah. also you have in the in the in South America, the South American uh, Indian tribes, uh, they would mummify people, stick them in the rocks, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Egyptians they had their elaborate mummification process. Oh yeah. Uh, so death was always, you know, the the now the person's dead. And something has to be done. So if you come from a culture where 
uh, how you prepare the body affects the, the afterlife. Mm-hmm. So there's usually a long ritual or something like that. But in, in our culture, um, that's usually quite absent. So there's nothing necessary in order for the person to be able to make it into the next life. Uh, um, but here what, it's more about here it's more about the casket and the flowers and the party and no I, well I mean as 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 someone who's done a lot of funerals I've worked as a priest for many years I've done a lot of funerals um, I would say that it's it's actually there's, there's three aspects to the funeral um, first is the preparation beforehand it's the actual funeral and then it's that family get together that sort of repass or wake or, or whatever you want to call it in Swedish, we call it minnestund, um, that happens after the funeral. And so the funeral is actually divided into three sections um, or four um, if the burial is connected to the service. But mm-hmm. nowadays it's not, so the burial happens later on. Um, but first is the the person dies, and, and somehow you have to have two conversations, one with the funeral director. Mm-hmm. And then the funeral director informs the church, uh, usually the Church of Sweden, that this person has died. And then it's a conversation with the priest. My job as a priest is to go and to, I'm invited as a stranger to participate in the collective sorrow or collective grieving of the particular family. And so I come there as a this person who's not, it's not my personal sorrow. Sometimes it's been mm. when I knew the person. But most of the time I don't know the person. And so I come there and in that sorrow, like I'm not, a, I'm not distant to the sorrow. I'm in the sorrow, even though it's not my personal sorrow. But I'm able then in that to also be a rock of stability because it's not my personal sorrow. Therefore, I can lead the process of, of preparation so, the, so that the family can have this point where they can say their goodbye. So the whole funeral service is really to prepare people to say the goodbye to the person who, who's deceased. Uh, and in that is the personal aspects of music, um, the speaking and things like that. So, um, Do you remember a funeral that was particularly <clears throat> sad for you? Yeah, I mean, I've had two young people that I used to work with. So when I used to work as a priest and I worked with a lot of young people, and I had two of the young men that I knew mm. uh, within a year of each other took their lives. Wow. Uh, so the first one uh, was a young man I had in confirmation was funny. Oh my gosh, he made me laugh so hard. Uh, he was really whacking. And I was also the school priest when he went to high school. And so we see every, you know, every now and then and stuff like that, you know, but uh, he never came to me or told me he had any problems. And then, then he took his life the day before graduation. Oh, wow. So his family's already bought the food, everyone, his, his fiance. Wow, this, this he had like, a fiance. Had a fiance. Wow. So these are two families that are affected by the death plus the school. And so what I had to do was that um, I contacted the school because I was the school priest also. And so we arranged to have a memorial for him at the school. So and usually, you know, we priests, we're not really allowed to be at school that much. And But this was one time where actually being a priest and being religious, uh, having a faith, actually was an, was an, uh, an assist to being able to help the school. Because now I have to come into the school. He was popular. He played sports at the school. And now I have to help the school to be able to find a point of, of both dealing with the sorrow and preparing for to say their goodbye. So I went to the school and I prepared everything. And What do you prepare? Um, well, it's, it's to actually work. I talked to the principal and talked to the uh, guidance counselor at school and how we would do it. Um, and what it was is to, because I know that many of the students aren't religious and they're not Christian or anything, 
but I had a personal relationship. I was his confirmation priest. Mm. And so in using that, so we all miss, you know, I won't say his name now, but we all miss this person, person mm-hmm. X. Um, and we all had different relationships to him. Mm. I was his confirmation priest. He sat next to me on the pictures. He would make me laugh all the time. He was this really wonderful person. And each of you has a story. Each of you has a relationship. And we're all here together to remember, to honor. doesn't matter how you die. It was life. And we want to honor the life that was lived. And we, don't, and we want to remember it. And I encourage everyone to tell their stories. And so I told a funny story and a sad story. Mm. Um, because life is both sad and it's also happy. And then we, um, and I said, anyone who wants to come and just light a candle, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're religious or not, you can just light a candle in thankfulness for the life. Because we want to be thankful for the life that was lived mm. and the time that we had to spend with that. Um, and so we had a favorite song, and we played the song. Oh, that must have been really the, sad. And then the school choir sang the song. Oh, wow. And the people came up to light the candle. So it was really moving, though. And at that point... It's a whole school. Yeah. So at that point, it was like... It wasn't weird being the priest mm. at the school. And it was okay to invoke God's name because, um, you know... You're, mean, you the to, you're the priest. You're the priest. And then we had... Uh, and then at his funeral, there's just... That was one of the larger funerals. So the two young men who've taken their lives, those were, those were two of the largest funerals that I actually officiated at. Did they um, knew each other? No, no. No, they didn't know each other. They were actually... They went in different classes. They were like years apart. Mm. Uh, and, and with the... The second guy, um, I had just come back from England, and something bad happened in his life. And I said, okay, we'll talk when I come back. And he killed himself between the time I left and came back. Uh, And it was a guy I've known since he was really young. So I knew him even longer than the other guy I knew as a confirmation. Um, And so what we did was that that same day, um, I went on Facebook because we were friends on Facebook. I went to a sister's Facebook, to all the people. I'm like, listen, I know that we're all grieving. I know that we, we cannot deal with this death. Mm. It does not make sense to us. But the church will be open tomorrow, uh, tonight, and mm. tomorrow, anyone who wants to come, the church will be open. We'll start at this time, and we'll just be there till we all decide that we want to leave. Mm. Uh, so I invited, he had played football, so his football coach came. Mm. His football coach said something. His, his family said something. His sister had a song. She goes, you know, this was one of his favorite songs. And we just, we played the song. Yeah. Kids got to light candles and just sit. And, and, and it really was just a time for people to just, it wasn't the goodbye. It was just the sharing. Now we have a sorrow. Mm. We have this sorrow that we share together for different reasons. And so we came together and shared that sorrow. And um, we were there for a couple of hours. And it must have been easily... 250 people yeah just young wow, people wow that's a lot of that's a lot of a lot Sweden. of young people yeah and I mean it was a lot and even at and both funerals you know I, I held the speech and because they're personal these are people I knew mm. um, and at the first one I, I, I cry but the second one I, I I'm like I'm like I know I think I remember saying that I cannot replace him and his mom and dad and sister and brother are there. And I'm like, listen, I can't, I don't know what it's like. This is your son. Mm. This is your brother. But this was my friend. This was the guy who told me, Ed, I'm never going to be a Christian. You're so crazy. <laughs> he played chess and he would help out. And, and I had this. And I'm like, 
but it is also my sorrow. Mm. And I have to grieve. And I just... Did you start crying too? Yes, I started yeah. crying too. We're all crying. The whole room, everyone's like <laughs> wailing. Ah! Um, Nothing brings people more together than sorrow. Well, and, I tell you, and joy. The, the funny thing about when I became a priest, and all the priests, all the older priests, would talk about how they have to choose a, a, a baptism, a funeral, or a wedding. They always chose the funerals. I'm like, I'm like, what kind of weird old priest? I'm like, never. <laughs> I want the party. I want the fun stuff. Until I started working with it. Uh, the meeting around the death of a person is the most honest meeting I've ever had with anyone. There's no pretension. Mm. There's no trying to outdo anyone. There's nothing false in it. It's just, it's raw and it's real and it's, it's tangible. Um, and the best meetings I've ever had with people has actually been over the death of a loved one. Hmm. Um, so for me, they've they've been these, but it's 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 a lot. I can't do that many funerals in a week. I've done as many as four funerals in one week, and that was I was exhausted just because they're just they're intense, hmm. just so intense. Sharing that much sorrow and that much emotion with other people, and then having to be real at the funeral for me and few. So I never I don't have a form. I write every 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 speech that I make at a funeral is personal for that person. Hmm. Based on what the family or what the person has said to me, everything is as I pray and I consider everything. Everything is fresh. Yeah. So I don't because I believe that's part of the respect of the life that was lived. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then at the funeral, so there's music and everything. There's prayers and everything. And then it's the time for everyone to walk to the casket to say their goodbye. Uh, in which I make sure it's never rushed. Every person, especially the the immediate family should take the time and have the time that they need to say that goodbye. Mm. Sometimes people have talked, sang. That was one time that surprised me. This lady just sang. went to the casket. She says, well, she starts singing. Oh. Because that was how she knew that person was through this song. Mm. Um, people cry. They leave flowers. Often they carry a flower with them. And, you know, if you don't know the person personally, you don't have feel like you have to take a flower. But if you knew the person, I, I think a flower or, or something is... is a good way of showing the thankfulness. It's a it's a symbolic gesture, mm. really. The dead person is not going to get up and say thank you, but it's a symbolic gesture representing something about the life that you've had with a person. Um, and then sometimes there's a procession in, there's a procession out uh, where you're carrying the casket, mm. uh, which is really special, also. Um, so that so that's kind of the funeral thing. And and I would tell people like this. I'm like, if you're gonna if the person hasn't written down instructions, mm. then the family should get together first and sort of decide, so where, how do we want to celebrate this life? Mm. Put aside the family differences. I think uh, the worst, there was a funeral I did once for a man who had a, he was an alcoholic. He had estranged himself for his family. His family didn't want to have anything to do with him. Wow. But he had saved up 500,000 crowns. Oh, they now wanted, they come crying. No, no, they wanted his money. So they're all fighting about the money, mm. but not one of them came to his funeral. Wow, that must that be was, really hard. And the only person to witness his funeral was me. That's so and, and, sad. And the other, the musician and everyone else that was there. Um, but they were all paid. So yeah. you guys are all paid, paid to, to, be to be do there. this yeah, job. This is our job. But but it's also part of our calling. So I mean, we we do it with joy, but it, but it is our job. Yeah. Just like the funeral directors. Is that, yeah. So it's the funeral directors there, us there, there. I think it was... One person from the from the county, 
mm-hmm. one of the social workers from the county who knew the person that was there. Yeah. Um, because there was no one to speak for this. There was no one to say how the person was. There was no information. It's so, and so sad. I, and so I've, I've tried to figure out, so how do I do this? How do I honor a person who I know nothing and there's no information about the person? You already know that he was an alcoholic yeah, and strange. That's all I know. Uh, or the other person, there was a, 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 a person who had Down syndrome who died. Wow. And since my oldest son has Down syndrome, that was really tough. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I forgot that people with Down syndrome can die early sometimes. Yeah. <gasps> my son could be dead in 10 years. Oh you my could gosh. Outlive that was... your son. But what happened was that um, the first lady, she, she met me and she was kind of like, really like, oh, because sometimes people are like, okay, so <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll tell that one later. Uh, <laughs> but um, so she, she was a little distant. And I told her about my son having Down syndrome. Was, was she the mother? Oh. She was the mother. Mm. And then when she started talking, she's like, oh my gosh. She goes, okay, you understand. You're like... <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then we were able to do a really, really good... Feel. And she was she was like, thank you so much. Mm. And Because in the funeral, I was... You know, we talked about stories. And so I would... And I, if there's always a funny story and a sad story, I try to include them. Mm. Because that's how we know people. Both and sides. and so and so this funeral was really uh there was another funeral I did where the family asked me it's like you know don't make it heavy so well, you guys you guys got to tell me good stories mm. <laughs> and they told me about their mom and stuff and so I told these stories and the and it was it was like laughter it wasn't to make fun of the person no but, but to was, remember it was a remembering of how the person lived their life and it was a you could you could everyone could could see themselves in this story mm. and so a lot of times in funerals some of the Biggest thank yous have actually been with the funerals for being so real, for being present, uh, for sharing, uh, for meeting people afterwards. I, you get stuffed. You eat four funerals in a week. You're like, <laughs> I don't know how much torta you can eat in one week. Uh, but there's always food and, and you're always eating. Um, and, and, and that's the only place I break the food rules that I follow is actually really? at the funeral. Yeah, you do? Because, because I figured that a person's sorrow it's, it's more important. important. So it's about it's about the idea of mercy and respect and mercy. That that's more important than my own personal religious holding, even though I believe that I shouldn't eat the pork or anything. Mm-hmm. If I haven't said anything before, because sometimes people tell me at the last minute yeah. that they want oh, me to come. Yeah. And I and at that point I'm like, okay, well if God's mad at me, I'm sorry, but you know, I I think that mercy outweighs. Mm-hmm. So um but but that's um but that's one of the one of the things that exactly with the. Have you ever been at someone's deathbed when they died? No, because in 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 America, so you're if a person's going to die, they'll call the clergy in, but not in Sweden. No. So a lot of people die alone. That's a sad part. They don't have to, but mm. a lot of people die alone. They die by themselves. They die with just the hospital staff around them. Mm. Sometimes people die with their families, and that's a really... That's a lucky... Yeah, that's lucky a really interesting story about families when they share that intimate moment of here's their loved one who's died in their arms at the last minute. Uh, that's such a, a privilege for me. Mm. I'm a stranger. I'm not part of that family. Mm. And they're sharing a really intimate moment with me, and that's something to to to, to steward over. That's something to really take care of, um, that, that level of trust. Uh, it's really... Important, uh, funny things that happen at funerals. So, see, every now we've been talking about these serious things, but there are funny <laughs> things that happen at funerals. Uh, there, <laughs> oh, yo, yo, 
Yes. I remember my first <laughs> funeral. Um, I just, I don't know what was wrong with me. I guess because I read the Bible. So I w- walked in before anyone got there. And the cat says, in Jesus' name, wake up. <laughs> you tried to resurrect <laughs> yeah. the dead one. And nothing happened. I was like, okay. Well, I don't know what I would have done if that, if that had happened. Uh, wow. <laughs> that was just crazy. Uh, when my when my godmother died, I said that in the first episode, my godmother died. And she looked so because in the states, so in the in the states we embalm the body. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. So in Sweden we don't, but in the states they actually pump the body filled with formaldehyde, oh, which wow. of course means that it doesn't rot, poisons the ground. Uh, Why do people do that? Because it makes it look so alive. <sighs> oh, okay. So she looked like they and, and like so she in, looked like in, she was and because sleepy. we have open caskets in the states, so they have to they make the person up, they cut the hair, they they wow. oh, they look they'll, really pretty. Then. So you look really pretty. You look re- you look better in death sometimes <laughs> than in life. And my and my godmother because she was really strict, and she'd always come in. Edward, <laughs> and and my sister said, "Could you see she's going to get up?" She goes, "Cause you know you didn't tie your tie right," and she's going to get up. She's going to say. Edward Thomas, I've told you before, my God, children will dress correctly. <laughs> and I just, just the thought of her getting up doing that seems so real to me. My sister and I just died. Oh my, we were laughing. But everyone thought that we were crying and that we were screaming out of <laughs> sorrow. They're like, oh, look how much they love them. And we just laughed even more. Oh my gosh. Um, or when my, when, my, when my grandfather died. And my grandmother walked up, ran to the casket. Oh, Jesse! She picks him up and she's kissed him on the mouth. My sister and I were like, "Oh my god!" We died. Oh, we died laughing. People thought again. Oh, you guys are so sensitive. You kissed We were laughing. We thought my grandmother's lost her crackers. What's up with this lady? You know, that's the fun thing. Open caskets. We need to have open casket it's funerals sweet. in Sweden. Oh my gosh! You should see what people do. People are crazy. What about when people? Get I put my dad's weed pipe in this in this casket. <laughs> well, that's nice. Did he tell you to do that? I told my mom, I told my family. My family, he didn't smoke weed. I'm like, he smoked weed to take care of the cancer. I put his weed pipe in the casket. Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> like, people try to deny all kinds of wacky stuff when people die. They just yeah, like they they're denial. I know they was, never did anything. It's so weird. What about if they get crem? What's it called? Cremated. Crem- cremated. Yeah. So, so you have these options, um, mostly burial and cremation. Mm-hmm. Um, in burial, you have two options. So you have a mausoleum where you're buried in a in a, a crypt above ground, mm-hmm. and then you have burial. Oh, you can be buried in a, in a family crypt underground too. It's kind of dug out of rock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have actual buried being buried in the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then you have cremation, and then in cremation you have also the chance to be buried in the ground. Or what we have here in Sweden, that we have a memorial mound, uh, Minneslund, mm-hmm. where they spread your ashes around in a communal pile so that you don't know where the person is, which for me is like really weird. <laughs> it's a Swedish thing. It's kind of like, like here's an individual, mm-hmm. but now we just sort of mix the individual with all the other pieces of other individuals. And so, so I, I can't tell which individual is the one I'm being sorrowful for. It doesn't matter. But it takes away the personal aspect, I feel. Well, but they still get to own maybe stone or something. No, sometimes depends. Well, I have no idea, yeah, but no idea. it's good. It's good to know that there are different options. <laughs> there are for for all those because you yeah. know, guys. We told you in the last episode, you should make preparations. Yeah, 
cremation. So the problem with cremation is that people often want to cremate someone. Um, half the time is to bury the, the, the urn because it's cheaper. It doesn't mm-hmm. take as much dirt or space, whatever. Um, and you can get a really, really nice urn, way cheaper than you could ever get a, a casket. casket. Caskets yeah. are expensive. Caskets are really, really expensive. Urns are expensive, but caskets are really expensive. But anyway, um, so what they do is that you you cremate the body, so you burn the body up, mm-hmm. and usually the larger bones are left, so you have to put them into a grinder. Oh, wow. Yeah, so every cremation is like you, you burn the body up, usually in a wooden casket, and you burn the body up, and then you gather all the ashes out and the big pieces of bone, and then it's put into a grinder. So it grinds everything up into a more of a finer powder. Oh wow! Yeah, so I didn't know most that. people most people don't know that. It sounds really morbid and everything, but it's you know, um, and then that and then that becomes the the remains of the person that's then either put into an urn or put into a container. And the containers are so that the the remains of the person can't just leak out or whatever because it's still a, the remains of a dead person. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and if and in Sweden you have to apply for permission. Uh, to spread the ashes. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to spread, like, if, if you're out at sea, international waters, <laughs> you know, there's no country that can tell you what to do. Uh, uh, and some countries are more open. You can just spread the ashes where you want to. But um, people do contain high levels of high uh, of heavy metals. metals yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's other you know diseases and all kinds of weird, weird stuff inside of people's bodies. Mm. And so, um, so you don't want to be polluting waterways and stuff like that. Uh, but but. But cremation is more popular now than than being buried in the ground, mm. so that's the preferred method here in Sweden is uh, for people to be cremated now. And um, and cremation has its own little. So one day, I, one day I had a funeral with a cremated body, so it was just the urn. It wasn't a casket. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. And so it was a really different procedure. How do we? Because in the in the caskets here in Sweden, we usually take the dirt. And make the sign of the cross over the casket with the dirt. And when we say from ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what we say. We say from ashes you've come to ashes you will return. Uh, yeah, for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, and, um, but anyway, we usually make the sign of the cross with the dirt. But with, a, with an urn, we don't do that. No. So usually what I'll do is I'll take flowers. Mm. It's not in the handbook, but I'll take flowers and, and I'll sprinkle flowers around the urn. Mm. And symbolize Symbolic, the same thing. yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes people don't want to have the dirt. Sometimes people do. But I usually say, well, I mean, it's it's about death and about the person's passing. And so we don't want to try to make it into something it's not. Mm. The person is dead and they have passed on. We want to be able to say goodbye. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, those are kind of the different kinds of things that happen. It's kind of a longer podcast today because it's uh, the funeral, the actual funeral process is actually really complicated. Uh, you see it as a priest. I mean, people who participate or or maybe, yeah, yeah usually yeah. only see that the finished product. Yeah, they don't see the all the work that thing. goes into yeah. it. Uh, whether people sometimes request that you have to sing a song. So I have to have but, we lear- but we learned so much just from you telling us like different mm. options and what people choose <gasps> and what people prefer. Good food. Sorry. Good food. <laughs> that's the last. That's the last comment. <laughs> is that if you're going to have a minnestone, if you're going to have a repast, um, or a, some kind of gathering together, um, have good food, um, because usually that's so. There's two reasons in Sweden that people gather together now. It's not weddings anymore. <laughs> it's baptisms because most people are having children without being married, and it's funerals. 
And so funerals are becoming some of the biggest ways that we have actually family reunions now. Mm. So the food that you're eating to that person's honor is also a way for the family to get together. So often people are really sad at the funeral, but it's a little bit lighter for the dinner afterwards. Eat, yeah. yeah. And, and people are sharing things. They're talking about like the future. Mm. And so you have sort of that New Orleans kind of thing. So half my family comes from New Orleans where you would go to the funeral sad. Mm. And then when you leave the funeral, you're playing like live jazz music and dancing and, yeah, and stuff like that. So you have that happy that contrast. Now this life has ended, but life still goes on. Mm. Uh, and so, and that's the way it is with death. No death is final in the sense that humanity's dead. Life still goes on. Babies are being born and yeah. new things are happening. And, and so we have to use that death. Uh, one of the most important things is to be able to say goodbye. Mm. And then make that as a point. Now I have to continue on life without that person physically present in my life anymore. Um, and a good funeral helps you with that. A good funeral gives you that point, that that clear goodbye, and then a point in which you can go onward hmm. in your life. Thank you, Edward, for sharing so much of your experience and information, knowledge. No problem, Lynn. You know, oops, oh, I just spilled all myself again. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, well, thanks everyone for... Uh, a lot of you had a lot of questions, and that's why it was a little bit longer this time, in order to answer all of your many questions that you had about funerals and everything. Um, continue to write in about anything. There is no taboo. Uh, Lynn and I here at FICA for Life just yes. want to say thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or ideas, please send us a message to fikaforlife at mail.com. Fika, F-I-K-A. This was the Fika for Life podcast with Lin Nguyen and Edward Thomas, and we hope to hear you again. <laughs>